1: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombus.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
0: This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hey, everyone, this is Dr. Vic, and you're listening to another episode here on The Mindful Experiment, as each week on Fridays, we release an interview that we had with someone to help us dive deeper into the mindset to life or to connect in some way, shape, or form to help us raise our consciousness levels and level up in life. This episode I had such a great time having an amazing conversation with Shaney Towers. We we had we dove into so many different elements, so many different things on life, but we really talked a lot about you know, the power of hypnosis what it can do for you, the power of self-forgiveness, self-compassion, mindfulness, and so much more. He, he's an amazing individual. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I know you're going to feel his energy as we, we, we go into these kind of concepts and so much more. But to tell you a little bit about who Shaney Towers is, he's a London-based hypnotherapist. And he's been helping people to transform how they speak towards themselves for the best part of two decades. Through simple yet profound understanding, he has successfully helped many who have suffered trauma, abuse, depression, and anxiety. Now the co-founder of the Dialogue of Self-Liberization, Shaney, is sharing this practical transformational system online, helping people to develop the mindfulness of self-communication and nurture self-forgiveness and self-compassion. Always willing to connect, Shani can regularly be found hosting the TDSL Global Community Calls, where he provides continuing support to people around the world who wish to improve and enhance the quality of their self-communications. As a lifelong martial art, artist, Shaney also developed a seated Qigong for people with mobility challenges and also teaches workshops at Sword, Sword Punk Traditional Weapons Training Festival in the UK. With no further ado, I'm excited to share with you guys. Here is Shaney Towers. Shane, welcome to the show.
1: Hello, Vic. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me. I've done my due diligence on
0: you. I've been looking at what you've been up to, what you've been doing, how you're sharing that unique spark in you to the world. And I am excited for the listeners and for myself because I'm going to be picking your brain and I wanna, I'm going to be learning uh, as we go through this. Um, so I'm excited that you're here. Um, one of the things the listeners always know is I always like to ask right off the bat, how did you get into
1: what you're doing? What's your story that led
0: you to the work you're doing today?
1: Okay, uh, thank you. That's a great question. Um, So, uh, I've been doing the particular work I've been doing uh, as a hypnotherapist based in North London in uh, the United Kingdom for the last 20 years. Um, How I got into that was uh, it was fated, really. I never wanted to become a therapist at all. Um, I was introduced many years ago to a gentleman whose name was Vernon C.F. Bell. Vernon was famously known as the founding father of the British Karate movement in 1957. He was the first uh, British man to be awarded a black belt in Shotokan Karate, and he basically um, spawned the whole Shotokan Karate movement uh, in the United Kingdom. Um, He was also a very high-ranking Jiu-Jitsu instructor. Um, but unbeknown to most people, he was also a founder member of the oldest regulatory body for therapy in this country, called the British Association of Therapeutic Hypnotists. And he founded that in 1951. So um, Vernon became my friend because of uh, a shared interest in martial arts. I've been practicing um, a variety of martial arts since I was about uh, 17 years old. And um, we became friends based upon a shared interest in martial arts um, and also philosophy, really. And um, so he was my friend first and foremost, but he was also a very blunt man. And one day I was visiting him, spending several hours in his company, and he asked me a question. And literally what he said to me is this. He said, I'm going to ask you a straight and simple question. Only a yes or no will do. Do you or do you not wish to study hypnotherapy? Therapy with me. You don't have to answer so now, but before you leave here this afternoon, I want you to either give me a yes or a no. Is that all right? That's how he said it. And so for several hours, uh, I was racking my brains trying to find reasons why I would say no. And every reason that I came up with, I realized was a really poor excuse. You know, I uh, haven't got the time. I thought that was a rubbish excuse. You know, I'm not really interested. Well, actually, he really, really knows his stuff and it's a great opportunity. Um, and so the, the only reason I said yes is because I respected him too much to give him a very poor excuse as a no. Um, and so I had no idea what I was in for, but I studied with him as his personal student for the last four years of his life. And during that time, he took me through a process. Um, so I've always been a half full, glass half full person, Yeah. Everyone who has known me well for many years would would attest to that. Um, But I'd had quite a a succession of very um, upsetting experiences, troublesome experiences uh, in my past. And um, I was carrying around a lot of very negative self-talk, negative beliefs about myself. And I got very skillful, unconsciously skillful at beating myself up telling myself a whole bunch of rubbish on the inside when I was communicating toward myself about myself. Never in the company of other people, but when I was on my own, I became a very harsh, cruel, spiteful person toward myself in the way I spoke to myself and the way I treated myself. I became very stuck. I became very sad, very low. And uh, so Vernon, basically, took me through a process um, whilst he was teaching me. But he basically um, helped me to identify the patterns and habits and unhelpful uh, forms of self-talk that I picked up along the way because of the experiences I'd had in my past. And having identified them, he helped me to learn how to let go of the habit of saying such things to myself. And basically the methodology that he passed on to me, the understanding he passed on to me, transformed my life for the better on every level. And over the last 20 years, I've been passing on that same understanding to the people who've come to see me for help. Many of whom have been to see many other people who've, um, um, therapists of all different kinds um, and have had very partial um, uh, recovery. Uh, and partial results um, but this particular methodology employs the conscious rational analytical mind in in as much as the first part of the process is about developing the mindfulness of self-communication uh, asking ourselves the question what am i actually saying to myself now in this very moment so we need to we need to identify what we are actually saying to ourselves if we have any hope of trying to change it I often say to people, how can we possibly let go of something if we're not even aware that we're carrying it? But once we can become aware of those patterns and unhelpful beliefs that we've been carrying, then we have an opportunity to let them go. Uh, And then the other aspect of the work is um, harnessing the creative power of the imagination. And this is more the more formal hypnosis or hypnotherapeutic application. Um, But I I don't personally like the term hypnotherapy or hypnotherapist. Um, I describe that particular aspect of the work is um, uh, the um, applying ourselves to develop the creative power of our imagination, utilising the power of our imagination so that it serves us um, in a constructive and creative way rather than us being a slave to our own imagination because of gotten being in the habit of imagining the worst very often. So I hope that's that's given you some uh, uh, painted a bit of a picture there for you, Vic.
0: Oh, it's a beautiful picture. I appreciate that. I have questions up the long list here. Um, One of the things I'm I'm just as I was listening to your story and everything is, you know, I've always been curious is my journey. I was always looking to see, like, why was I so with self-talk having a certain way? And it was more in a negative and rather than a positive why is it that we see that so often in our inner critic or our self-talk that we have with ourselves that we're so much more on the negative? Well, why, why is that favored more?
1: Uh, um, I think it's a really sad reflection of um, uh, what, what I refer to this work by the way, as to the dialogue of self-liberation, developing the dialogue of self-liberation. And, and in, uh, I use a lot of metaphor and symbolism in this work, and um, I often refer to this as the hidden epidemic worldwide. People all around the world have become conditioned to speak to themselves in harsh, cruel, spiteful, undermining, abusive ways when they wouldn't dream of speaking to another person in that way and and yet somehow we've become conditioned societally to believe that it's somehow okay for us to treat ourselves like that i think it's a great crime and like i say i refer to this as the hidden epidemic as to why you know we we we're conditioned by our past experiences by very often circumstances outside of our control i.e. other people other people's ignorance, other people's abusive tendencies, other people's neglect, other people's betrayals. And we blame ourselves for not being good enough. This is the most common negative theme of of any pattern of negative self-talk I've come across in the last 20 years. I'm not good enough. And there are so many different variations on that theme. But all of those beliefs have stemmed from disappointments we may have had in the past or traumas we may have had to experience, upsets, disappointments, like I said earlier. Um, and we end up adopting the belief that the the reason things haven't worked out for us or the reason things happened to us in the past is because it's our fault, because there's something wrong with us. It must be that way, because maybe other people have told us that. Maybe other people have told us, oh, you're, you're really ugly, you're too fat, you're useless. Yeah, you're you're a useless lover, or whatever it may be. No one had ever loved you because of this, that, and the other. You're a failure. You're always going to be a failure. People say some really spiteful things, and we carry we're feeling beings, and we carry the weight of those remarks and those experiences in our memory, and very often our imagination gets the better of us, and we replay those old memories over and over and over again on loops. Um, to the point where we are brainwashing ourselves over and over again with those negative reinforcements of, of ideas like I'm not good enough. And so I think it, it becomes, it's become such an epidemic because unconsciously people have gotten into the habit of replaying those old hurtful memories and all kinds of variations in their imagination As offshoots, like if only I would have said this, if only I hadn't done that, if only such and such would have happened, if only I'd have chosen differently. And then we go off in our imagination on a complete tangent and very often torment ourselves because of an imagination of something which never happened. And yet there we are in real time, in the moment, beating ourselves up, tormenting ourselves, torturing ourselves because our imagination has run away with us as if we're on the back of a runaway horse and it's dragging us around all over the place and with no idea where we are. Or, uh, but we know we don't feel safe under those circumstances. And we get into the habit of doing that so much so that we, we don't even realise we're doing it. And so when I was studying with my teacher, Vernon, um, he helped me to recognise and acknowledge that for 20 years of my life, I'd been doing exactly that. Unconsciously, I had no idea of just how negative and self-limiting and self-abusive the quality of my own internal dialogue was at that time and had been for 20 years of my life. And that's the thing. Until we choose, and it is a choice, to take a look at ourselves honestly and, as Vernon would describe, develop the mindfulness of self-communication ask ourselves the question, what have I been saying to myself? What have I been telling myself for all these years? What stories, negative beliefs about myself have I picked up along the way? So that having identified them, do we then have an opportunity to choose to train ourselves out of the habit of saying those things in the present tense or the future tense?
0: I love that. And when we do
1: this, our exp- our experience begins to change because we're no longer dragging the past into the now and we're no longer projecting it into the future with any expectation or assumption that we're just going to continue to feel rubbish. You follow what I mean?
0: I follow 100%. And it's, and it's one of those things too, like I love when you brought up the word awareness earlier because it's one of those things that like, because in the subconscious mind, you can be like you're saying 20 years doing this, right? Yes. Not aware. And a lot of times, you know, it gets these things will be stored in the subconscious. And most people, as you already know, this 95% of people are living in that, that they're letting that dictate their life rather than the 5%. Yes. And this is why I love hypnosis type work, uh, because it's, you can so easily dive in and create a communication pathway to tap into the subconscious and help teach it like, Hey, or help un- create a awareness to of what's built in deep, because it's one of those things where it, 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 it it's kind of like, well, I got a couple of questions. One is, why do we let things like someone says, "Who oh, you're not good enough" or "You're not this," hit us so hard? Um, is it because we somehow, well, we can't really be thinking that because we we come in pure, but mm-hmm. is it like most of the time? Is it because it's someone we trust, someone we value? that when mm. they say something like that, that's when we're like, wow, this is someone who I really care about and look up to. And they're saying that about that to me. Uh, maybe there is some truth. And then the mind starts to look for it, where it plays this whole mind game, where the, the, then it starts to seek and look, is that true? Or is that not true? And then all of a sudden, you start to see that pattern that starts to build that in. Is that kind of like how that process works
1: for when, it, when we get these negative self talks? Uh, in many cases, yes. Yeah. Sometimes it's through random encounters with total strangers. Um, But uh, in many cases, I'd say most cases, it is because those comments and uh, um, forms of abuse are perpetrated by people who we've placed our trust in. Like in relationships, close relationships, um, personal relationships, for instance, Um, say, you know, you meet someone, you fall in love, you end up uh, in a relationship and then the relationship. Relationship, it turns out is a bit of a mismatch uh, and then arguments happen and then spiteful things are said and then uh, affairs are had and betrayals are recognised and um, and before you know it, there's some very harsh things that have been said and some very nasty experiences upsetting, deeply upsetting experiences that people have had uh, and then they may have been rejected, you know, they may have like uh, been dumped from a relationship that they'd committed themselves to. And then they ask themselves maybe, well, what's wrong with me? What's wrong? There must be something wrong with me. I must have failed the notion of failure. um, And uh, what's, why did that person go off with that new person? What have they got that I haven't got? It must mean that I'm not good enough. This is incredibly common. And if a person has had a succession of experiences like that, a succession of um, mismatched relationships which uh, have ended up not working, and uh, maybe many, many arguments, many upsets, many maybe forms of abuse. Maybe you know, people over the years I've been helping people. I've worked with lots of people, sadly, who've had awful trauma, who've been raped, people who've been in violently abusive relationships, people who've been sexually abused as as children and as adults. And, um, and those kind of things, they, we're, we're deeply feeling beings, us human beings. We take stuff to heart and, and we blame ourselves. And, and it's an it's a incredibly common thing that the perpetrators of, of any form of abuse all too often are people who we've placed our trust in.
0: How does someone then, what is the like uh, the journey to break away from that? You know, I know you talked about awareness, um, you know, it's because when we when we have this this programming, especially in the subconscious, it's it's one of the things like we just create that identity and then we have to morph into a new identity to mm. break away from that. How's that process look?
1: You know, I'm going to go off on a tangent with this um, and use a metaphor to describe this. Um, there was an article that I read in Scientific American magazine um, probably about five or six years ago, uh, which described how scientists have uh, discovered what happens during the metamorphic process when a caterpillar wraps itself up in a cocoon and transforms into a butterfly. And the process is, is there's, uh, there's a deep metaphor in this. So what happens is if you imagine that that caterpillar has experienced its life, crawling around in its local location, munching leaves. And, you know, it's quite a limited area that it's covered. But it gets a certain urge at a certain time. And it doesn't know why. It doesn't know what's going on. But it realizes it needs to wrap itself up in this cocoon. And that in itself becomes a very tight and claustrophobic space Um, Now, when that caterpillar has wrapped itself up in the cocoon, what happens is, they've discovered, is that it secretes certain enzymes and effectively it digests itself. It turns into like a soupy substance, a very protein-rich soup, except for certain highly organized cells. And the scientists refer to those highly organized cells as imaginal disks, as in imagination. And those imaginal discs draw upon the protein rich soup all around them and they become the adult body parts of the butterfly. So essentially everything it previously understood itself to have been as a caterpillar goes through a total breakdown and then it reimagines itself and it draws upon the protein rich soup around it and then grows. Goes into the butterfly. Now, if you imagine that when the time's right and the butterfly is formed and it breaks free of the cocoon and the sunlight allows the wings to unfurl and become stable and sturdy, and then a breeze blows, and that butterfly is borne upward on the air currents, and they fly for thousands of miles, having all kinds of adventures in totally new lands. Do you think that when that ca- that butterfly is flying? F- really, that it would ever mourn for the loss of the cocoon or its previous life as a caterpillar. I don't think so, personally. I think it would be too busy having adventures as a butterfly in new places. But whilst that transformational process is taking place, it can be a scary place. You know, people have breakdowns. We, 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 we lose sight of ourselves. It's like, oh, my God, what's happening to me? Who am I? If I'm no longer in that relationship, If I am no longer in that job or whatever it may be, if I've just gone through a traumatic experience or a sad experience or the loss of a loved one or something, who am I? What what can I, where do I go from here? But it's a choice, um, Vic, it's a choice. People who've come to see me over the years have chosen, very often when they've not known what else to do, to come and speak to me. They may have tried, various different approaches to help them to feel better about themselves or to overcome some old challenges and unhelpful beliefs. But there's a choice that has to be made. This is, this is really significantly about the power of our free will. We have the ability to say to ourselves, I am going to, I'm f- absolutely fed up with how I've been feeling. So I'm going to try to do something." to change we have to have the will to change and sometimes um, that that will to change may have receded so much that the person believes that they really don't have it but um there's there's a particular client that comes to mind i helped years ago and in the first session at the end of the session the lady had actually in her bag got um Uh, a big stockpile of painkilling tablets and she'd booked herself a place at a hotel and her intention was to go and kill herself and at the end of that session she realized that that was not what she wanted and so she said before I leave here this afternoon I have to do this and she went to her bag and she emptied the bag on the floor in between where she sat and where I sat and said I have to do this because this is not the way for me I realise this now. So it's a choice, and, and from that moment, she began to transform how she communicates toward herself. She began to take a good, honest, courageous look at how she'd been speaking to herself, and we worked through it. I helped her to begin to 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 let go of the habit of saying those things to herself, and then. When we change these patterns and habits, when we let go of those habits, then it creates a blank canvas. We can then become who we wish to be because we're no longer reinforcing those old, old unhelpful beliefs by telling ourselves the same old self-defeating stories. It creates a blank canvas. And just like the uh, the, the butterfly, those imaginal disks, we utilize the creative application of our of our imagination to develop a new sense of self who do i want to be from now what kind of a person can i allow myself to become i love the word allow because we have to grant permission to ourselves we need to allow the process to take place and not get in the way of ourselves
0: I love that. I love how you use the metaphor of the butterfly. I use that a lot. And it's, it's just Thank something, you. and it's something that like, but it's so elegant. Like when you share it, because it's really true, like to, to break away, you have to break down in order then to create a new and mm-hmm. my, my business, uh, the, the logo I have is the Phoenix. And I'm fascinated about the yes. Phoenix because of this thing you just share, you shared yes. here, which is, you know, you the Phoenix uh, as the story goes it has to burn itself down into the ashes to come back anew. Absolutely. And, and it's it's the, the process of what we have to go through. And it's not fun. Um, and I always tell people the more you get on get used to being comfortable being uncomfortable, the more you'll experience more freedom in your life. But the the key there is, even though, like I've done this like a gazillion times, and when things come up that are uncomfortable, I'm like, okay, gotta process through this, I gotta just sit with this, I gotta work do my work through this. But it's not fun. I still don't like it, you know, but yes. it's like I have to still go. I know, though, it's, it's a short-term uncomfortableness to a long-term freedom. And when you were sharing how like the butterfly, when it's flying and enjoying itself, is it really going back, looking at the past going, oh, man, but remember that life as a caterpillar doing this and that? Um, it's really true. And I, and I love that, that perspective. And, and the one thing about a butterfly, to caterpillar to a butterfly story, that's why I appreciate it so much. Is because that's true transformation.
1: Yes, you it can't truly go, is miraculous. Yes,
0: you can't go backwards. That's it's right. Just, it just doesn't happen. And so, how do people then, when they do this type of work that you're, you that you do and so forth, how is it that we can, that they once it's cleared? Um, or once they see, like, once they, is it more of like a realization you're talking about a blank canvas, which I love that so much. Is that where the creativeness comes in now? This is where the imagination and the creativity comes back. Like it's at reawakening certain areas, uh, uh, or how's that, how's that all work?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, it, it really has everything to do with our perception. Everything in this work is to do with perception, how we perceive ourselves, how we have perceived ourselves. Um, and how we can begin to perceive ourselves and our external environment and the people around us and the relationships we have in different ways. Um, So yeah, the blank canvas. Um, First of all, we have to identify the clutter we've accumulated, the patterns of negative self-speak, and the repetition of the, the habit of replaying old hurtful memories or imagining a future in which we continue to feel rubbish about ourselves. Um, Both of those, you know, the ancient Romans had a deity called Janus. And Janus is depicted as having two faces looking in opposite directions, one toward the past, one toward the future. But there's a mystery of, of Janus, which is the true hidden third face. And it's hidden because it looks out upon the eternal now, which is ephemeral it can't be grasped it, we can't as soon as we try and grasp it it's the past and we haven't got the future yet so the hidden third face looks about looks out upon the eternal now and um if any of you you or your listeners have uh had the the great pleasure and good fortune of uh reading or, or listening to the audio uh version of um Eckhart Tolle's um the power of now Everything that he describes philosophically, the principle of that work is about bringing ourselves into the present moment, which is truly all we have. Uh, And this is where powerful transformation can begin to occur when we allow ourselves to be present where we actually are now in this moment. But we're kind of stuck in a battle with the, the perception of linear time, our past memories, our imaginings of the future. And very often we're so uh, stuck one side or the other of that line that we're never really present where we are. Um, My uh, martial art teacher actually shared this with me and he picked it up from um, uh, an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, uh, which is a similar principle to the, uh, um, the metaphor of Janus, but it's um, described in a different way, which is, uh, if you have one foot in the past and the other in tomorrow, then you're pissing on the present. <laughs> I like that. You see, and when we when we uh, when we bring ourselves into an awareness of being present in the moment, through the developing the dialogue of self liberation, because it all revolves around this. Our problems. Persist because we communicate to ourselves about the past as if it were the present or the future. And we do it totally unconsciously. And that's why we get stuck in the loops and the patterns. And those negative wheels of self talk keep turning because we're communicating to ourselves about the past as if it were the present or the future. And when we learn how to stop doing that, we arrive in the now, in the present moment. And this is where we belong. And this is where we can begin to really make progress. So that blank canvas is a highly creative place. This um, the dialogue of self liberation is, is nothing to do with positivity or positive affirmations, which very often are nothing but lying to ourselves and hoping for the best. Um, but it has everything to do with the eradication of negative thinking as Vernon, my teacher, would say, based on the principle that absence of darkness is light. So if we can train ourselves out of the habit of talking to ourselves about how dark we believe it is or how dark we believe it always will be, then naturally we begin to feel lighter. Not because we're trying to convince ourselves that we feel lighter, but because we're no longer wasting our energy talking to ourselves incessantly about the belief that it is dark, or it always will be.
0: And why do you think it is? I love to ask you this question, because I wrote a book on this called "A Walk in the Dark, and it's all about what we're talking about here. And uh, I'm curious to see your your viewpoint on this. I've learned over time that many people fear the dark. Now, the dark can be Uh, I always tell people you can use the dark as challenges in life situations. It could be things of, you know, pain in the past, right? Staying in the past, uh, whatever that may be. Um, it's a negative, it's a, it's a lower vibrational experience. Why do we fear that so much to go through that?
1: Well, we don't like to feel pain. do we? We don't like to feel sad or the lower emotions. Uh, We don't like to feel grief, to have to deal with the heavy stuff. Um, But it's through those experiences that we learn and we grow. Um, There's a great um, uh, Zen um, quote, the lotus grows out of the mud. You know, we need that mud. It's it's the, the challenging times that we've been through that teach us But we have to have the determination and the courage. I refer to this as uh, um, when we make the choice to really look at ourselves with the the view to improving ourselves, then what we're actually doing is choosing to pursue the courageous path. We need to be courageous to take a good, honest, transparent look at ourselves uh, uh, in order to learn from our past experiences rather than drag those heavy notions about ourselves any further I like that and I love how you brought up Eckhart Tolle's work okay, I'm going to look at that what happened there Oops, yeah sorry. it's profound
0: yeah sorry I interrupted you there carry on I apologize
1: no no that's okay Vic carry on I was just saying yeah um it's profound I believe Eckhart Tolle's work or particularly the power of now it's very profound
0: I remember reading it years ago and it was, it was uh, at the time when he talks about everything, all that exists is the, the now, that's it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, like a few months ago, I was doing some spiritual work and I was just like looking at life after, you know, being human. And I'm like, well, what's the afterlife like? And I was going through this whole thing and it was fascinating because a lot of it just said there, all there is, is now there's no past or future. That's just a, you know, it's just yes. a fabric of imagination, not reality. And I'm like, mm. okay, how's that work? And then Eckhart Tolle comes through and I'm like, ah, I see the traps. I see this. I see that. Mm. Um, which is so true. We get so hung up on the past. And do you feel like sometimes, too, that people get hung up in the past, too, because they feel like they can't recreate themselves? They feel like they can't. Not that they're not able to, because we all can. Mm. Um, but do you feel that that with your work and everything you do, your, your training and everything, do you feel that also plays a role, too?
1: Yeah, I'd say that people so. So many people have ended up feeling disempowered, powerless, you know, like, well, what can I do? This is just me. I believed that about myself when I first um, started to study with uh, Vernon uh, and I had no clue about how stuck I actually had been for 20 years of my life. I hadn't got a clue at how the, the, the awful nature of the way I'd been communicating toward myself. I just thought this is me. This is what life's taught me. Life's proved to me certain things, and this is just the way it is. This is who I am, and this is likely to be the way it's always going to be. And uh, and I believed a lot of negative things about my uh, my potential for the future. Uh, for instance, I'd ha- I believed that I that relationships didn't work for me because life had proved that I'd had numerous very mismatched and traumatic experiences of relationships with very troubled partners and. Um, and ended up blaming myself for those failures. And uh, then one of the beliefs I picked up was that I would never meet anyone who loves me for who I am because I am a failure in relationships and relationships will never work for me. And then, interestingly, when Vernon, I was studying with him and he helped me to identify those kind of patterns of self-talk And he began to help me to let go of the habit of saying those things to myself any longer in the present tense and the future tense. Interestingly, three months later, my wife appeared and we just recently uh, celebrated our uh, 14th wedding anniversary, but we've been together about 20 years. And um, uh, yeah, so she's proved me completely wrong. I believed I knew myself well and the, Life had just taught me this is who I am. Relationships will never work for me. And um, and I believed evangelically that I knew myself well. I believed I really knew myself well. And I could speak with authority and say that kind of stuff to myself and know that I believed it to be true, which I really did believe it to be true. But then I recognized actually if i keep telling myself those stories all i'm going to do is continue to put barriers between myself and any possibility of meeting somebody who would be right for me so when i re- um went through the process of identifying firstly those unhelpful beliefs and habits and patterns of self-talk and self-communication and then i began uh decisively and methodically to um train myself out of the habit of saying those things anymore to myself suddenly those barriers began to dissolve on every level those those obstacles that and the clutter that had accumulated on the inside of me and the weight uh, from the past began to fall away just as my teacher Vernon said it would and I've seen the mechanic of this the internal mechanics of this um working in exactly the same way with all of the people who come to see me for help over the last 20 years. And uh, when we change the nature of the stories we tell ourselves, our experience begins to change for the better. And uh, it really is a truly remarkable uh, transformational um, methodology, really. It's a very highly practical, very down-to-earth, simple and straightforward way of um, transforming ourselves when we change the stories we tell ourselves our experiences begin to change as well um, so yeah it's a, it's a it's a fascinating process and it is really internal alchemy it's the transmutation of the lower aspects of the self into the into the higher something more refined something wiser you know
0: I love that. And it's, it's, it's so true. And I think that's where I'm just going to connect the dots. Tell me if this is right or wrong, but it's one of the things where that's where the imagination side comes in because of the story, because yes, absolutely, right. Because now you're saying, well, wait a minute, I'm going to, this is, you know, stories is kind of, I always tell people stories is the stories you tell yourself over and over are what create your reality. And it's, it's, mm. if you understand that really to the root core, understand that to the listeners, then you can start to be creative and imaginative, and say, you know what? No, I can change my story around. I'm this type of a person, yes. or I'm that type of a person. And absolutely, in the beginning, it may not work out that well, right? Sometimes you're going, life's going to be like, well, you still got that old consciousness vibration frequency there. It's still you got to work through that. But there comes yes. a point, and this is the kind of work I started to do years ago, which started my journey, was that. I started to learn that, wow, hold on. What's, what creates that fabric of life? Stories, words, how we share things. And I started realizing that we are all storytellers. And mm. the story you give the most power to or the most focus or attention to, it becomes your, more of your reality. That's so right. I, I appreciate you bringing that up because it's so true. And I, I was looking, I'm like, how am I going to tie? And when I'm listening to you talk and everything, I was like, how am I going to tie that creative side? I want to I get into that. And mm. when you said that, I was like, bingo, that's it. That's the story side
1: yeah you know the chinese have a very old very ancient saying uh where the mind leads the chi follows the energy follows it's true of everything in life if we fixate on a particular idea our energy gets poured into like into a mold and we kind of become that shape of the mold that we pour our energy into and um so when we change what we choose to fixate upon in our mind if we, if we change the direction that we choose to um, uh, create with, with our imagination, then our energy is no longer being wasted. It's no longer being poured into, uh, you know, self-defeating or self-abusive shapes, if you like. Um, and, uh, yeah, we find that we have more energy to be more, positively creative more and more yeah just just genuinely creative because the thing about all of those old stories the self-limiting stories is there's nothing new to discover there there's only more of the same old rubbish but when we choose to you know direct our intention toward the the thought well if you imagine the new the new you how how might they be how might they smile when you look into that that person's eyes how, what would the sound of their laughter be how would they carry themselves how would they listen to others how would other people describe them you know how would how would their the first time what impression would you get from them and then by imagining these kind of things we, we really have the the power to totally um, reinvent our relationship toward ourselves um, and redefine uh, how it's possible to befriend ourselves rather than be at war with ourselves. But to really, truly befriend ourselves. So some of the main uh, components of the uh, the work in the dialogue of self-liberation is um, developing uh, self forgiveness um, and also self compassion. Self forgiveness is the key because how can we possibly be compassionate <laughs> um, if we if we haven't forgiven if we're holding grudges? It may be against ourselves, beating ourselves up. If we haven't forgiven ourselves for not having known any better at that time in the past, how to be or how to cope. How can we, How could we possibly, if we weren't equipped then? So we have to learn to forgive ourselves. Uh, and then we have the opportunity to learn from the experiences that we've been through, however traumatic, and what the lessons are there for us, and how to take those examples of what's no longer acceptable, how not to be, how not to communicate toward ourselves, how not to treat other people, how not to act or react, what not to believe the things not to be saying to ourselves about ourselves. And when we identify those things, we learn from our past experiences. So we're no longer dragging that heavy stuff with us into the present moment again, or projecting it into the future in our imagination. And it it frees us back to the blank canvas. It allows us to be present now and to begin to recreate a different kind of relationship with ourselves, who we wish to be from now, moving forward. I love that.
0: Very well shared, very well explained um, in a way that's very elegant. So thank you. um, you. I love that. I love that. Um, Sheen, how can people connect with you? How can they see what you're up to follow you and all that good stuff?
1: That's fantastic. Thank you very much, Victor. Um, uh, I I would say the first port of call is to check out the website. We've got a I say we, myself and my my dear friend Peter Truman, who uh, has helped me to take the methodology that I was taught and that I've been working with, and to create uh, online courses for people. So we have a website which is uh, www.learntdsl.com and TDSL is the dialogue of self liberation. So um, www.learntdsl.com. And we have uh, um, a variety of different programs on there and an opportunity for people to work on a one-to-one basis with myself uh, via Zoom. And um, uh, we have a, a live program and an audio program, which is accessible via an app, which you would download to your phone. Um, Over like a five week course with um, PDF material, audio exercises, uh, which are to help people to transform um, the way they speak with their own spoken voice so that they learn how to speak more confidently with their own voice in in ways which are unconditionally non-limiting, purely that and simply non-limiting. Um, And also the audio exercises are in the form of uh, guided visualizations and a variety of other exercises. Um, And we have a a live Zoom call once a week with a small group of people around the world and uh, where we discuss the content and the exercises in in the different modules. Um, So that's drip fed content over five weeks. It's a five week course. Um, and, um, we also have, uh, an Instagram, which is at learn TDSL and a Facebook page, which is the dialogue of self liberation. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel. The YouTube channel is called get out of your own way. And we have a variety of, uh, video interviews with people who have been through the live program, the, the dialogue of self liberation live program, talking about their experience of learning and developing. applying the dialogue of self liberation and the transformations they've experienced in their lives there's some wonder wonderful uh, interviews there Uh, so i'd recommend people can come on and check check those out Uh, but particularly the the website we also uh, uh, every couple of weeks run uh, a free community call where basically we take a theme which could be a particular challenge that any of us may deal with or be dealing with or need to deal with and we just have an open discussion about the subject in a way which is co-supportive to be just you know people need people to talk to and share and develop a sense of community so we do these community calls on a saturday every couple of weeks the details will be on the website and so yeah please do check out the website and, uh, and get in touch with whatever it is that the individual wants help with.
0: Awesome. And for the listeners, that will be all in the show notes for you guys to get access to. Um, Sheen, this was awesome. I appreciate you being on, sharing your, your wisdom and what you do and your story. Uh, I've learned a lot. I've grasped a lot. And I know the listeners have also. So I want to greatly appreciate you for the work you're doing. And, and thanks for taking the time to join us, uh, the community here and all the listeners at the Mindful Experiment.
1: Thank you very much for the opportunity, Vic. It's a great pleasure and uh, great to meet you